0: Popheads, and welcome to issue 31 of 3Bzine Presents Popcast, a.k.a. the TomCast Podcast. My name is Tom. I am back from vacation and ready to reconnect with the world of popular culture. Uh, sadly, no Roger on the show today. He just wrapped up a, a vacation of his own, and he, uh, he needed to spend a little time at home uh, decompressing and reconnecting with people. Uh, he's going to be back very, very soon, though. But I was dying to get on the microphone and, 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 and talk to you guys and, and, and kind of let you know what I've been doing with myself Um, I was on vacation but we'll talk more about that in a minute Uh, if you are picking up what this podcast is putting down please follow this awesome small independent podcast on social media at TomCast underscore podcast on Twitter and at the TomCast underscore podcast on Instagram Uh, those feeds were a little uh, light (laughs) when I was on vacation but I promise to get back to getting content on them very very quickly here Uh, Please remember, this is the pop culture podcast that knows it's all in the reflexes. Yeah, so I was out of town on vacation. Uh, My wife and I spent some time in uh, the lovely country of Portugal, and we had a fantastic time. And uh, one of the big benefits of taking a big trip like that, where you are required to be on an airplane for long stretches of time, is that I got to watch a lot of cool stuff I hadn't seen yet, Uh, some stuff I had been meaning to get to for a long time, and I actually even managed to see some new stuff, too, which is even more exciting. So uh, you're going to get a good mix of, of old and new today on, on, on the TomCast podcast, uh, and I hope you're okay with that. There is a little bit of news I wanted to address first. Uh, it was recently announced uh, that Warner Brothers Communications, they, they, they shared the details of their new streaming platform that they are going to be launching uh, in 2020. It's going to be called HBO Max. And um, it's it's going to be a big deal. It's going to launch in spring of 2020 with over 10,000 hours of content. Uh, according to Wal- according to the Wall Street Journal, it's going to cost slightly more than the 14.99 that HBO now currently uh, currently costs. But there is no price determination uh, set just yet. Uh, it's definitely going to be on the higher end of the streaming platforms that are currently available. But there is a lot of content avail- available through this through this streaming platform. Like, you get access to HBO, uh, Warner Brothers, New Line, the DC Entertainment app, CNN, TNT, TBS, True TV, the CW, Turner Classic Movies, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Crunchyroll, Rooster Teeth, but well, I don't know what those two are, uh, Looney Tunes, as well as a lot of original programming. And with the original programming, there's a lot of good stuff on here. There's, uh, there's four new young adult... Uh, Projects coming from from uh, the overseer of the Arrowverse, Greg Berlanti. Uh, the new, a new, D, new Dune TV show will be coming. A, a Gremlins TV show is coming. Uh, there's a Stephen King show coming up. Uh, supposedly a Joss Whedon show is coming too, as well as a new J.J. Uh, Abrams Jordan Peele show. So that should be all pretty interesting stuff. And also, this is also the platform that it looks like it's going to be... Uh, taking away content from netflix so if if you're watching friends and the fresh Prince and stuff like that from netflix uh this is going to be the platform you have to watch those on so uh you know warner brothers kind of pulling a uh, taking their ball and going home sort of thing uh just to make you invest more in their platform but there is a there is a lot of content there um it'll be interesting it's interesting to see how uh it's going to shake out once once the the price point is announced but there's you know there there's a little less, I guess, uh, roughly eh, a year or so away from from launching the platform. So I, I'm assuming there'll be more details soon, and it sounds like there'll probably be even more announcements of the content that's coming as well. Uh, one, of the, one of the pieces of information that came out about this is that it doesn't seem that it, this app will affect the DC Universe app that is currently available, or the DC Universe platform that currently exists with with Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol and Teen Titans on there. Uh, so we're going to stay tuned on that because, uh, you know, Roger and I are, are DC fans. And so we're going to keep keep you guys posted on that situation as we learn more information about it as, uh, as they feel they need to share it. Uh, some other news stuff that I wanted to mention. I'm not going to dive back too far into, into the things that, that I missed covering uh, while I was on vacation because I suspect if you're like me, you, you listen to a ton of pop culture podcasts to begin with. So I'm probably I'd probably just be treading ground that that you maybe have already heard. Uh, I did want to mention uh, the the big news about the Walking Dead comic book ending. Uh, Robert Kirkman uh, surprised everybody by by announcing that the, the issue that dropped last week was the end. That was it. Uh, they went so far as to even do uh, fake solicitations for for months in advance to to throw readers off the trail. You know, everyone assumed there was a big buildup because issue two hundred was coming around the corner. Uh, turns out that's not the case, and uh, Robert Kirkman has decided to end the comic right where he did. I think issue 193 is the last one. Uh, if you get a chance to pick it up, if you find it still available, I would definitely pick it up because it's becoming a hot item already, and uh, those la- those la- those final issues are going to be hard to to track down. So if you are a collector of those things, make sure you have them already, If and if you don't, go look for them now before they get expensive. I don't. I'm a little behind in my *Rocking Dead* comic books. I I don't know what's going on, uh, but I think I'm going to make an effort to get caught up here in the next week or two. Especially with 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 Comic Con right around the corner, it it seems like an appropriate time for me to kind of do a deep dive into the comic books that are sitting around getting a little dusty in my room because I haven't had a chance to read too many of them just yet. Uh, But you know, that was that was a landmark comic book when it debuted. It it was something uh, you know, zombies weren't. As, as prevalent in, in pop culture as they are now, uh, the, this comic book went a long way to making the zombies relevant in pop culture like they are now. And uh, it, it was like the TV show. I mean, this comic book was, was uh, you know, it was an intense read, and you never knew what was going to happen next. You know, characters died. character You introduced new characters. Uh, the situations went from bad to worse quickly. And... Um, it's 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 sad to see it end. I, I knew it had to end at some point. Uh, and like I said, as I read the issues, I'll I'll be sure to share my thoughts on how uh, Kirkman wraps it up and, and, and if, uh, if it's a satisfactory conclusion to a story or, you know, if it feels like maybe he just ran out of steam or something with it. I don't know. We're, we're we'll we'll see. We'll see. I know. I'm sure people have read maybe read spoilers or read a little bit more details into it. I've tried to avoid reading spoilers myself because I do I do subscribe to the series. And so I I will sit down and read like the seven or eight issues that I'm behind on it, and so I can get caught up and figure out uh, what I think of it. I also wanted to mention too uh, some 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 exciting news from from the world of comics to the world of TV is that uh, a TV show will be launching, debuting this fall on ABC. It's going to be called Stumptown. Okay, so based on based on the Stumptown graphic novels written by Greg Rucka with art by Matthew Southworth and uh, Justin Greenwood, uh, the the series follows a private investigator. Uh, Dex Paros is her name. She's going to be played by Colby Smulders, who you may know as uh, Maria Hill from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you may know her from uh, being on uh, How I Met Your Mother. And uh, it's I love P.I. stories, uh, and this one is, if they do half as good a job as the comic book does and do in, in coming up with creative cases for, for Dex to solve and uh, the inventive ways in which she goes about solving these cases, I think it should be a pretty fun show. It's set to premiere on ABC uh, Wednesday, September 25th at 10 o'clock. And uh, it's a show I'm excited about. I can't wait to check this out. It's set in Portland, Oregon, which is one of my favorite cities. And I think it's going to be a hoot. So you can go online, check out a trailer. It's on YouTube. Just just put in Stumptown. Um, and you should be able to... Stumptown ABC probably be the best way to find the trailer. and Check it out, see what you guys think. I'm pretty excited for it. Hopefully... Uh, Hopefully, we'll get some more information about it too. at some point because, like I said, I was a big fan of the of the graphic novel series, so I'd love to know more about it. So we'll keep you guys posted on that too. All right, I think it's time to move on to what I've been watching, and I've watched quite a bit. Uh, going on, like I said, going on vacation, spending you know thir- ten to thirteen ish hours on on a plane, affords ample opportunity for me to catch up on programming that I have uh, become laps on or just plain old missed out on the first time around. And I, you know, I'm not as, I, I can't sleep on planes. So loading up the iPad with, with content from TV shows or, or books or comics or in movies and stuff like that, that's generally how I prefer to do things. My, my iPad was bursting with TV shows and movies and stuff like that, that I want to get caught up on. So I'll start with the, with the newest thing that I saw, the, the TV show, well, I don't can't even call it a TV show necessarily, but the thing that people are talking about, the thing that's permeated the pop culture very much in the last several years, Stranger Things 3 debuted on uh, the 4th of July. I was in a hotel room and and was able to download the entire series onto my iPad so that I could watch it on the return flight to San Diego. And, um, you know, I wasn't sure how I felt about, how I was going to feel about Stranger Things 3. I wasn't crazy about stranger things too. I, I thought uh, there was there were several uh, missteps, some some episodes just, that just weren't great. And I was nervous that that trend might continue with season three of Stranger things. So I, I kind of downloaded all the episodes, but I was like, well, I'll probably just watch half of them and then I'll go change to something else and uh, you know, see how it goes from there. Nope, that's not what happened at all. I love this show from the gate. Uh, just watching the first episode. All the way through I just crushed through eight episodes in a row in the plane couldn't stop watching it it was fantastic I'm not gonna get into spoilers because people are probably still watching it maybe maybe you don't get to watch you know maybe you didn't have the opportunity to binge them over the Fourth of July and, and and watch it as fast as I got to I, I typically if, if I weren't traveling I'd probably still be watching it now because I know how that goes so I, I won't deep dive too much into specifics uh, hopefully I'll be able to have a conversation with Cody or Roger about it uh, soon in the near future. And we can kind of deep dive into some of our uh, favorite things about the show, but uh, it's a really good season. It's really entertaining. It's really strong. I'll just I, I will just say that my favorite uh, aspect of the story is I really enjoyed uh, Dustin and Steve and and Robin and and uh, Lucas's sister on the on their adventures. Uh, I won't say any more about it than that. But that was one of my favorite dynamics on the show. It was they were hilarious and fun, and it was really really good. And I hope you guys are checking that out. So go get Stranger Things 3. It is on Netflix now. Downloading, streaming, whatever you have to do. Check it out. It's a good time. It's only eight episodes. You can crush through it. It's good stuff. After watching Stranger Things 3, I, I, I made the decision to peruse the media library on, uh, on the plane, what was available to watch on the airline. And... <laughs> I knew I, was gonna, I knew I was getting into a little bit of trouble when I decided to watch this movie because it's been discussed on this podcast. I had great trepidation about the film. The word of mouth on it was not good, but I felt that I owed it to the character, the character that, a character that I love very, very, very much. is very near and dear to my heart. I felt that I owed it to him to watch this film and, and decide for myself... If maybe people were being overly harsh on this movie, on this film, maybe people just didn't understand, you know, maybe something was being lost in translation. The movie I'm referring to is Hellboy, uh, directed by Neil Marshall and starring David Harbour of Stranger Things fame as Hellboy. Let me tell you, the movie's fucking brutal. It's really, really not good. And it hurts me to say that so much because, again, I love Hellboy immensely that is a great comic book character it's a fantastic comic book uh, the Del Toro films are, are, are very very good even though I'm not crazy as crazy about some aspects of the Del Toro films they are still vastly superior to this by, by leaps and bounds uh, this film is bad from the get go just not good um, it, the tone is wrong the, the directing is poor the action shot poorly it's It's a visual mess. The music cues are awful. i I really couldn't find much to like about this film. David Harbour's not bad as Hellboy, but I feel like uh, he was completely misused the The script is terrible. they They try to smash in like three or four different Hellboy stories into one thing, and it's not very cohesive and it's not very coherent uh, the The choice of visual effects are poor and not very good particularly the um one of the characters is able to channel the channel the spirits of the dead into some form that the living can see and communicate with and it's an awful visual it's just not good it looks terrible and i uh, ian mcshane Who's an actor that I actually enjoy quite a bit. But I, I'm starting to get the feeling that he just says a lot uh, yes to a lot of films because uh, maybe he has like massive gambling debts or something. I don't know. Cause I can't quite figure out what he's doing in this movie because he is way better than anything else in this movie. And get he's not even a standout part of this movie because the things they have him doing are so terrible and awful as well. And just a waste of a waste of a lot of talent, which is unfortunate. So Take it from me. Save yourself two hours and don't watch the new Hellboy movie. And trust me, I am deeply pained when I say that because I would have loved to see a, a successful reboot of this franchise. You know, they they kind of give you like a little bit of a teaser for a, a, a potential sequel. Uh, I that that's not going to come to pass. I'm pretty darn sure this movie bombed pretty darn hard, and uh, deservedly so. It's not good. I um, I question a lot of the decisions that the, the director Neil Marshall made. Uh, he was a director that I that. I enjoyed some of his earlier films. Um, yeah, Dog Soldiers was, was a pretty decent film. I, there were aspects of that, that I enjoyed watching. I really enjoyed The Descent, uh, with, the, with, the, with the girls going spelunking in the caves and, and, and having uh, encounters down there with uh, subterranean creatures. Or do they? it's a bit of a mystery. And I kind of you know, I I kind of enjoyed Doomsday. It's not great either, but at the time, I respected the fact that he was trying to do like a like a kind of a ode to Mad Max when there were no Mad Max movies around. The movie doesn't hold up well, but the, at the time I I I had some appreciation for it. Uh but then Mad Max came back and and blew everybody out of the water. So that really kind of took a lot of the shine off that film for me anyways. Uh so I don't know if, if Neil Marshall was, was the right choice for Hellboy, but yeah, a lot of missteps and it's it's unfortunate. But, you know, maybe the popularity of the character will, will dictate a another crack at uh, at a reboot at some point down the road, which would be nice because I'd love to see that. On the TV front, something I did watch uh, actually after I got back, I got caught up on uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Again, we talked about the Walking Dead comic book ending. There doesn't seem to be any end in sight for the Walking Dead properties on television on on AMC uh, and I, again I know I'm in the minority on this. Uh, I really enjoy Fear of the Walking Dead. I think it's actually superior to the to the, to the original TV series and uh, this season's no exception. it's it's doing some interesting things' going into some interesting directions uh, Again, I'm not gonna get too spoilerific on here just because in case anybody is watching it and is a little bit behind but I, I enjoy the characters on this show now. Much more than than uh, than the original characters on the original series, and uh, they're doing some interesting things. I, I there is uh there are half of the the group is is split up. One half's kind of in this isolated area surrounded by mountains, and there's a nuclear power plant fallout. So like the dead are not only the undead, they're also the undead and irradiated with you know radioactive nuclear isotopes and blah, blah, blah. So if you kill them and get their blood on you, you're not only, you're probably going to die of radiation poisoning. So the, it's more awful than the awful scenarios of having to deal with fighting the undead already. And it's very, very enjoyable. I've enjoyed it. They've, they brought in uh, the Dwight character uh, who was one of the saviors with, with Negan. They brought him over into the show. He's been a nice addition to the, to the cast uh, again, I think it's a strong show. Some episodes are a little slow, you know, but that's that's not out of the norm for the show for the series overall. And I can, you know, check it out. It's still airing new episodes. I don't. I think the season finale is probably a few weeks away, but it's 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 been fun. If you enjoy the undead, it's been fun. Now let me go back a little bit further to the beginning of my vacation travels and the, the series I spent the flight to Portugal watching. And again, this was another series I was a little wishy-washy on. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to kind of sink my teeth into it or if I was just going to kind of watch it out of, out of like a curiosity. Uh, turns out, no. I really, really got into this show. It, it took a few episodes, but I really, really got into it. And I, I am talking about Star Trek Discovery. And uh, this probably would fall into the two years too late category. Because this show did debut a little while ago. It's been, season one was a bit ago. And I just now have finished season one of a Star Trek Discovery. And again, I really, really liked it. It started off, for me, it started off a little rough. I, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge fan of what, uh, what Star Trek has done with the Klingons, necessarily. I don't know why they had to sort of redesign the Klingons and give them a new look. But, you know, I, I guess I have to deal with it because that's what they're going to do going forward. Um, and I, gotta, I, gotta, I will have to live with that. The show's very interesting in the sense that I watched the pilot episode, and the pilot episode didn't convince me that I was going to like this show because the main character, uh, whose name is Michael Burnham, played by a, a Sonequa Martin-Green, who was previously on The Walking Dead. Um, she, it's tough because she's not super likable. You know, she has like an arrogance about her, a, a, an overconfidence about her. And it it was tough for me to watch her. I, I, I tend to like characters that I can get behind right away. But that's not good drama, I understand. So it, it did take a few episodes for me to kind of See what they were doing with that character and how they, the, this season was going to be an arc for that character. That character was going to change and evolve and grow from the one we saw in, in the first episode to where she ends up by the season finale. And they do a, a masterful job with that. Again, I was blown away with some of the things. It took a few episodes, I think, but I think it was by episode four or five. I was I was really hooked on what they were doing, and I really started to like not just the michael burnham character but the the rest of the characters around her the, the supporting cast of the of the crew of the of the starship discovery and uh, this is a prequel series show but it does have connections to the larger star trek universe that exists uh, and i again i'm 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 very curious about how they're going to explain some things and how they're going to uh, tie in with star trek lore but there's, pro- there's an entire second season I can watch now, too, and, and hopefully they'll explain some of those things better. So I'm not, I'm not going to be uh, critical or nitpicking of certain things because there's a lot more information out there for me. I just need to watch it and then process all of it. But it's a great show, fun twists and turns. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the spoiler alert on this show because it is almost two years old. So we're going to hit the alarm here so I can talk about uh, a major plot point. I loved what they did with the the Captain Lorca character and and revealing uh, that he's actually from the Mirror Mirror universe. That was insanely well done. And, you know, you, 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 you watch, you think back to the episodes previous. They, they'd been setting this up. This was not a spur-of-the-moment decision to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, he's from here. No, this had been carefully planted from the second, third episode, second or third episode. I mean, they really played this out until the big reveal, and I think it's in episode 10, that he's not even from the right universe. It's well executed, well done, uh, and it plays nicely against the the overall story, which is the, the Federation and the Klingons in a massive war against each other. And while I did have some tiny quibbles about how that war was resolved in the end, it was very fitting of Star Trek and, and doing things... Um, According to Starfleet protocols and principles, and, and the things that we know and love about Star Trek and, and the series the series that have come before it, so it, it kind of fell in line with with a lot of those those principles that the other shows have taught us for the Star Trek universe. Again, I was the show took me by surprise. I did not think I was going to get into it as much as I did, but it became uh, fascinating, must see TV, and I, I blazed through that series on the way out to Portugal as well. Really good stuff. Can't recommend it highly enough. And uh, I think <laughs> I may have to get the, the, the CBS All Access app here pretty soon because uh, I'm really excited for watching season two of Discovery. And I had been very excited for the return of Patrick Stewart and the new Star Trek Picard show that will be coming uh, hopefully later this year. They haven't announced a date just yet. But uh, there's more material coming out on, that, on the Picard show, so I was probably getting the CBS app for the Picard show, but I may get it sooner now, just so I can I can blaze through Discovery uh, on my own this time. And if you're curious how I watched Discovery without having access to the app, uh, I ended up buying the episodes from Amazon. I, I I bought them kind of piecemeal. I would buy one or two here and there, and then I just I, so I just owned them through my Amazon, and I downloaded them through my Amazon Video app onto my iPad, and that's how I watched the first season of Discovery. Which you're probably thinking, well, you probably just got the platform. It's only like eight bucks a month or something. But you know what? I didn't want to go there just yet. I was willing to do this instead. Sue me. All right. The final thing I want to talk about tonight, and gosh darn it, I this is why I, I need Roger here. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this in 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 kind of general strokes. We're not gonna get into Super nitty gritty things, and I'm not going to do uh, spoilers again for the. I'm not going to do spoilers for this, for this, for this review here that I'm going to, uh, this this film that I'm going to talk about because I would like to have a more fully realized conversation about it. Uh, hopefully with Roger, possibly with Cody as well. But we're we're going to see. We we got some ideas for for the next episode. Hopefully that comes together pretty quickly here because I do want. I'm dying to talk about this movie in in more. A detailed, nitty gritty getting into those those plot points and those plot details because this movie's awesome it's a lot of fun and a lot of big things happen especially at the end but I'm talking about Spider-Man Far From Home uh, directed by John Watts and uh, starring Tom Holland as Spider-Man Zendaya comes back as MJ and you get a uh, uh, a heaping helping of Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury it's it's Spider-Man it's back they kind of they, they do a nice little job at the beginning of the film explaining how uh, how the the blip, what they call the blip plays out with the, with the school and, and, the, and the student body of the of the school you know because obviously five years have passed since, since all the Thanos stuff so they kind, they kind of had to have a little thing in there about that it's pretty funny the way they do it it's entertaining it keeps that same tone that same vibe from from the homecoming picture that was very very good um. and Tom Holland you know I've said it before I'll say it again Tom Holland's just uh, he's a charming Spider-Man he does a great job as both Spider-Man and as Peter Parker but his Spider-Man might be the best Spider-Man Spider-Man that we've seen so far uh, the film's very good it's it's a, its a globe-trotting road trip movie it's a superhero road trip movie which I, I was trying I was racking my brain and I couldn't think of too many superhero movies that were quite like this movie I mean it's it's <laughs> it's a road trip picture. It's great. I mean, it's and road trip pictures used to be a lot of fun. It, it's like it's kind of like Vegas. Not, I'm sorry. It's kind of like the, the the National Lampoon vacation films. It's kind of got a little of the Euro trip vibe because they're in Europe. It's got a bit of uh, you know, just all that stuff. All the, you know, Jay and Silent Bob even that's a road trip movie too. But it was got superhero action in it. Superhero fun, and it again, it just they do the writers, the directors. They just, it's just a great continuation of this cast from the first film into the next film as they're kind of changing, evolving, growing. We see Peter Parker dealing with uh, the repercussions of what happened at the end of Avengers, which uh, I'll, I'll hit the red alert again, you know, the, specifically the death of, of Tony Stark, of Iron Man. And, and you know the, the question of who takes that role now? Who is the next Iron Man of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Is it Peter Parker? Can he live up to that? You know, All these questions, all these pressures that he's putting on himself... Uh, trying to process that, but also trying to process that he just wants to be a kid sometimes and go on this cool European vacation with his classmates and have a good time and try to get some alone time with with Mary Jane so he can tell her how he feels and stuff like that. Uh, it it's it's charming as fuck. It's really really charming and entertaining and fun. Uh, Mysterio comes into play in the in the film. I'm happy to uh, say that my predictions of Mysterio were accurate, but they do it in a fun fun way that makes it not so it wasn't like predictable and boring. It's 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 a good time. Jake Gyllenhaal, the Prince of Persia himself, as Mysterio is a lot of fun. Uh, he does a great job kind of chewing the scenery. Kind of, I don't. I, don't, I was gonna go somewhere. I don't want to go there because it's a bit of a spoiler. Um, so we're gonna leave it out alone. Like I said, this this movie will have a bigger conversation soon. And uh, I think you guys will like it when we can get into some more of the more than nitty gritty. But perhaps you haven't seen the movie yet, so I'm buying you more time to go see it before we do the big breakdown on the next episode. Though I'm I'm suspecting that most of you have seen it by now because it's that good, it's that important. Uh, this is this movie also marks the official close of Phase Four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it leaves things in a very interesting place. Specifically, well, specifically for Spider-Man with with the first uh, and and. I'm sorry. I guess I would. I guess I guess the the mid credits scene at the end of the film puts Spider Man in a very precocious place that uh, longtime Spider Man fans of the comics will appreciate, and has an amazing cameo that we will talk about more next time. And then the very end end scene helps to address questions that I had about the movie. You know, just like so some some kind of like logic things that I wondered about. The final credit scene addresses those, and then it kind of, you just get like a little tease, a little glimpse of what Phase 5 of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe can possibly be going in, the direction that it will be possibly going in, and things to come. It's, it's very exciting. It's very good stuff. Those end credit scenes are spectacular. They're, they're probably two of the best that Marvel's done in, in a little while now. Uh, but the, the but stay for the other two hours of the movie. The first two hours are great too. You're gonna have a, a fun time. There's a couple little tiny lulls, but it pulls you back in quickly. They do a, like I said. It's it's a well done picture. It was a little strange for me going from the high stakes of of, of Endgame to a, to what is a relatively smaller film by comparison. But they they, they handle it really well. Like I said, uh, Tom Holland's just charming. Zendaya and their relationships is is cute and adorable. It, it's, a, it's a fun high school rom, rom-com kind of movie with the road trip aspects to it. It's just, it's just delightful. And that's all I can say about it. It's delightful. Again, we're going to have a bigger conversation about it uh, in the very, very near future, which will make everybody happy because uh, it's more fun when I can discuss these with, with, uh, with people actually live living next to me. I can talk about it with my dogs. Uh, they're looking at me like a lunatic right now. But that's okay, because, uh, you know, they're not as big of Spider-Man fans as I am. They're definitely Team Iron Man, but that's okay. Most people are Team Iron Man. Anyhoot, I think that's everything I want to talk about today, and I, I managed to get it done actually fairly succinctly. I, thought, <laughs> I was a little nervous I'd ramble a bit more about certain things, but uh, we, we did okay. Uh, so this is a nice short episode for you guys, but it's kind of a, a welcome back to the podcast. We're going to start uh, getting back on schedule. Big thing's coming. Big things coming! Don't I, I promise? We're gonna end we're gonna end the summer with a, with a bang. That's for sure. Uh, so if you get a chance, please write us a five star review. Small podcasts like this can easily get lost in the mix, and those reviews go a long way to getting the word out about our fun little show. And and tell your friends. The word of mouth is also good too. Uh, share it on the social medias, on the Facebooks if people still do that. Uh, again, you can follow the show at Tomcast underscore popcast on Twitter and at the Tomcast underscore popcast on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to be back very, very soon. Comic-Con in San Diego is right around the corner. Uh, we will have at least one show prior to the convention, kind of highlighting some of the things we're all looking forward to going and doing down there. What we're looking forward to seeing, what announcements we're hoping we will hear. Hopefully panels that we'll attend. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Panel attendance is, woo. that's tougher now than it used to be, that's for sure. Uh, and then I, I, am, I am, fingers crossed, I'm hoping to have content from Comic-Con. We'll see if I can pull that one off. All right? Uh, thank you for listening. I can't do the show without you guys, so please thank you so much for the, for the support, for the love. Uh, shout out to, to everybody for, for sticking with me. I appreciate it so much. Uh, ciao, babes. Talk to you soon. We're not going to be fucking sucked this year! What is a